Good afternoon, greater Philadelphia area. This is Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB, 860 AM. I'm Tom Tool. She's Sarah Timon. We've got a special guest coming in later from David's Drive out in Coatesville, an awesome charity organization. We've got Gabe behind the camera, and all three of us work at the Tom Tool Sales Group at REMAX Mainline, the number one REMAX team in Pennsylvania since 2018. And we're streaming live every week on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. Just look up Tom Tool Sales Group. So, more news about the market. A lot of stuff to wade through here with some of these headlines. And we found a very interesting interview yesterday with UBS. And they run something called the uh, Consumer Intention Survey. And this is one of the surveys that's been around for a, a very long time. Uh, it's not just one of these, like, fly-by-night sort of things that we see. And there was a couple interesting findings, one of which I found to be really, really important. And it was on uh, CNBC's Power Lunch. The guy's name is John Lavallo. He's one of the research analysts there. And the survey revealed that 44% of the respondents plan to buy residential property in the next 12 months, which is very contradictory to what everyone else is saying right now, Sarah. Right. So what does this survey tell you? What do you think about all this? Yeah, I mean, I think the survey was spread out. Um, I think there were about 2,000 people. Mm -hmm. um, it was supposedly like pretty unbiased in that, um, you know, all different areas, price points. Um, you know, it's it's interesting because it. I think it actually said in there at one point that the respondents thought that it was going to be like, easy to like rather easy to secure a home mm -hmm. um in that time frame so it's it is interesting because as we're out there in the field every day talking to people i mean a very common response is you know like no i'm gonna hold off mm -hmm. but what that might be telling me is that as the fed keeps on making the predictions that they're making maybe we're realizing that interest rates are going to continue to go up so you know this it might if this is something you've been thinking about doing maybe then in the, within the next 12 months would be your your time frame even with the market being where it is well i i could not agree with you more and what was so telling to me about this survey is that it, it is unbiased because they don't look at like uh any economic uh sort of subsets or, or anything like mm -hmm. that that also 70 plus percent of people felt that it was uh they, they were the values of home were going values of homes were going to go up Mm -hmm. um, 80% thought that affordability might be an issue, which I, I, it's, it's changed, obviously, with rates changing. So I don't think there's any question there. And 90% uh, of people felt it was going to be a good investment buying a home. So it's really telling what these surveys say versus all these headlines that are out there. And I, I think it's important for real estate agents to be able to educate folks that way, but also what you're seeing on the news isn't accurate of the consumer sentiment right now. Right. Yeah, it's nice getting just... Um some unbiased feedback from from individuals that would potentially be making a purchase. Um, nothing that, you know, you're trying to sway anything one way or the other. It's just, hey, like, are you thinking about purchasing mm -hmm. is within the next 12 months? What do you think about these different factors? And then getting feedback from what just individuals are, are thinking. Yeah, and, and this aired yesterday. So it's not like that this was done before rates have gone right. up or before any, any anything's happened. And when you, I mean, the host on CNBC, I mean, he, he was like losing his mind by this data. If yeah. you watched it, he couldn't understand why people felt this way where, because they he was looking at the stocks. And CNBC is right. obviously like a stock station. They look at financial markets. And 
really that, that, that to me demonstrates how different the real estate market is from the financial markets and where right. a lot of folks maybe get lost in there. So from a consumer side, are, are you seeing that the sentiment has changed even over the past couple of weeks or in, even since like Labor Day through the month of September in terms of people thinking, hey, maybe we are going to buy, maybe we are going to navigate this. We just need to kind of get our information straight. Yeah. I mean, I've, I think that, you know, as things initially start, like, you know, as the rates um, over the last weeks, couple weeks here were were really pushing up. Um, you know, there were a number of conversations that I've had with people that were like, hey, we're just going to pull out. And then for the people who were open to listening, having those conversations about, um, you know, these rates are a factor that are always going to be in play. But, you know, refinancing is always not. And just, you know, it's, it's person to person and you need it to fit within your budget. But I think kind of explaining uh, in the long term of, you know, what the plan looks like and how you can kind of scoot around that. Um, you know, I I have a number of people that were like, you know what? Yeah, you're right. Or it was kind of interesting. One woman that I was talking to was like, that's exactly what my financial advisor said. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I think I think if you're motivated, um, it really, it's a good time to, to move forward. Well, and, and I want to back this up with some, some additional data because a survey of 2,000 people was one thing. So right. what, what I pulled up was the home demand index from the Bright MLS. And home demand, this is through the month of August, so we haven't gotten the September numbers yet. Demand for homes in the Philadelphia metro area, it, it fell um, 6.5%. However, the index they put on it is 101. And, and these indexes are a little weird because basically it's a number signed, assigned to like high, moderate, steady, slow, or limited, and 101 is a steady demand. It was 108 the month before, which is also steady demand, and it was compared to 118 in September of 2021, which would be considered moderate demand. So that's pretty much in line with what we're seeing. That I, I don't mm-hmm. think there's that 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 ferocious Black Friday. Right. I'm going to kill somebody for an Xbox demand. Right. It's demand that's steady. There's people that are motivated and there's folks that want to transact. And to, to give some perspective here, in the month of August, the, the month's uh, supply of properties, it's a 1.3-month supply for a mid-price single-family home to a 5.5-month uh, supply for higher-priced condos in the metro Philadelphia area. So that that's also up substantially from, like, the less-than-one-month supply we saw in the spring. So to me, I see that there's all the things buyers wanted to happen. Mm-hmm. Can I have some more time? Yep. Can I have some more options? Mm-hmm. Rates, obviously, I don't think anyone's really happy about. But the, the other factors in the market, I'd like some time. I want to be able to negotiate. I want to get terms accepted. It seems like it's way more uh, buyer-friendly. And all the things they wanted to happen are actually happening right now. Mm-hmm. So do you think that has something to do with the survey results here? Yeah. I mean, I think that if you look beyond the rate and you look at some of the other things that you're able to have right now, it it does make it a good time to to be a buyer. Um, I think we're also looking at for, you know, people who maybe when interest rates were really low, were really only in the market because of that. Um, you know, they might be pooling out right now, which does give you, you know, a smaller pool of people that you're potentially putting your offer in against. Um, and that would also maybe allow, you know, that little bit of additional time. So, um, but there's still a lot of people out there that need to move and that are motivated to move and where the conditions, you know, they're, they're favorable. Well, and, and there, there's some other things happening right now too, because I think you have to look at not only where we are year over year, but where are we compared to like the spring? And I mm-hmm. find that to be pretty 
important here. So there was another article that came out from uh, on Housing Wire, and this also came out yesterday that the average home price is down 2% from June. So not year over year, but from what people are calling the national peak of, of the month of June. And this is according to Black Knight. Um, and so the median home prices in August fell 0.98%, only slightly better than the 1.05% monthly decline we saw nationally in in July. And the average home price overall is down 2% from June. So do you, do you think that's something that's also affecting more of these buyers coming back to the market? Because everyone's complaining about rates, yet we're seeing prices, they're not going down. Don't, don't get me wrong. They're right. just, they're not trading for that really peak high value. And we're still seeing increases year over year. Right, right. And I mean, I think we're still seeing, um, you know, the homes going over ask. So it's, it's not Agreed. that things are just like dropping off. Um, but yeah, I think that as people see some of this, data um, and maybe read some of these headlines and things like that, that might be something that would entice them to to get back out there thinking, you know, everybody like wants the deal. And I mean, to be straightforward, like getting the deal right now is still getting the home. Mm-hmm. Um, but Couldn't agree more. But, um, you know, hopefully with a couple of contingencies that you're able to, to throw in there and, um, you know, being able to, to look into to a couple more um, aspects of the home before just quickly throwing in the offer. Um, so, but yeah, yeah, I think that this would, would affect buyers. Sure. And, and I, I, I agree here because I, I think what's happened is I think that it's not Black Friday anymore comment is, is really accurate. So have you ever gone Black Friday shopping? It's been a really long time. Okay. But... So you bet I've never gone. Yeah. Um, so what was that like for you? And then we can kind of equate like some of the conditions around Black Friday shopping versus what we see is like a normal shopping period because to me it's great to talk about all this economic data. You're going to lose right. 90% of your audience with right. this. Right. So what was yeah, your I mean, Black like, Friday experience like? Black Friday experience like you have to be ready for lines for people to like fight for what you want to get a little bit scrappy um and um it's not pleasant. <laughs> sure. Uh, so and let, let's talk about this because a lot of the things you said are exactly what happened in the marketplace. So mm-hmm. lines to get into stores. Yep. Have you seen lines to get into homes? Yes. I mean, literally, like people down the block, especially during the like 2020 and 2021. Um, so lines are an issue. I've, I've never seen people wait to get into a home until 2020. Never mm-hmm. happened before. Um, what was the preparation like? Did you have to get up at like 2 a.m. to go? Did it ruin your <laughs> holiday? Did it ruin your personal life? Because a lot of people felt that way about shopping for homes. Yeah, I mean, I think you... Yeah, you'd have to. And to be fair, I mean, I've only done like true Black Friday shopping like a couple of times. And I was like, this isn't worth it. Well, and now like, you know, you just order what you want. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's uh, yeah, you've, you've got to get up early and or else you don't have a chance at getting in there first and things will be gone. OK, so we're seeing that it was basically speed to lead, like it was mm-hmm. almost like the first person in there had to buy it. What was it like trying? I mean, and I've gone through this with my kids a couple times. We're trying to get like that hot gift, like a like mm-hmm. a uh, I can't think of one. Um, an Xbox comes to mind, or like when we were kids, I there was all those like weird toys that came out. Yeah, yeah. Um, there was that Elmo toy that was very popular, mm-hmm. and people would literally like stampede each other. Right. And there's people that get killed on Black Friday every year, and that's what the housing market was like. Right. Right. So now what we're seeing is. People have a couple days to make an offer. I mean, what are you seeing now with your clients? Like you're writing offers, you're doing this on a daily basis. What are you seeing in the day-to-day? Well, I would still say it depends on where you're at. I mean, I've recently put in some offers for places 
in like in the city of Philadelphia. And mm-hmm. those we've had, you know, we've had time to to put it together and then like submit it like the next day, you mm-hmm. know. Um and you you always want to look at how many days has it been on market? Um and even with that being said though, I mean, something could be on market for a while that doesn't mean drag your feet to put the offer in. You mm-hmm. never know what other, you know, undercurrents are going on there or, or who else could potentially be putting something in. Um but in Philly for for sure, I'm I'm seeing the ability to to take a little bit more time to be able to book showing several days in advance, you know, and so like actually line that. up the schedule. Um, so, you know, there there was definitely a time period there where you could go ahead and you could book showings for things, but if it was two days out, the likelihood of you getting a notification that this has gone under contract was very high. Mm-hmm. Um, right now, I think over the weekend, I had booked I think five showings for someone two of them was like maybe on Monday for like a Saturday showing and then we tacked on a couple more maybe like a day or two before none of them canceled we were able to see all of them um that would not have happened before sure um out in the suburbs I mean I think that um you know there are still those hot homes that go with just being on market for a couple days um so you know you have to you have to factor all of that in but um certainly you know, you could book a showing for the next day and and have a good chance of getting in. So you're able to look at homes kind of on your schedule. I think that's probably a, a good way to look at it. You're able to get into homes in a timely manner. You don't have to like rearrange your whole schedule to do it. You have more than 15 minutes to look at a property. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, I mean, it's like normal shopping, right? right. Like, right. I mean, imagine going like to a toy store because it's always like the the family with kids and all those sort of things ver- that, that that deal with this Black Friday nonsense versus you know, not having to do that, I think it's it's so much easier for buyers right, right. now. So right. knowing that we're seeing that 44% of buyers, they, they want to buy a home. It seems like the, according to this survey from UBS, there's a lot of folks that they're really bullish on the market. We're seeing prices have coming down from the peak, still going up. There's no, there's no question there. And inventory's gone up a little bit too. What advice do you have for the sellers and the buyers out there that are on the fence or just trying to navigate all this because the news tells you one thing. We're seeing something different. What, what, what are you saying? And let's start with the buyers and then maybe I can, I can handle the seller side. Sure. So for the buyers, I would say it's still important. I mean, well, actually, it's very important with rates uh, changing to speak to your lender again and make sure that even if you your pre-approval technically is still within the, the time frame where it's valid, get an updated one so that you know going in, you know, what you're what you're able to work with. Um, have those conversations with your agent in advance um, about what the process looks like and how when you do see the right home that you want to move forward with, what all needs to be in place. Understand that, um, you know, while you're still able to get home inspect, like home inspections mm-hmm. are getting accepted more than now than they had been before. But the difference between pricing and terms and that if this is the home that you really want to go for, you need to you need to address both sides of that and put your best foot forward. So doing things like uh, either waiving the home inspection could still be something you need to do for for different uh, for different properties or um, you know if you're going to do that inspection, still putting some you know parameters in place for what you'd be willing to accept out of it. Um, you know, it's still it's still competitive out there. So you, I, I wouldn't walk in with the attitude of a as a buyer thinking, oh, the market is completely shifted and now the ball is just in my court. Like mm-hmm. it's 
it's not. <laughs> well, and I, I, that, that's one of the challenges right now is people think you're able to go 10, 15% under market. We're still seeing through the month of August that the average uh, list of sales price ratio is above 100% right. in, in the suburban markets. And we're seeing um, about 95, 96% in Philadelphia, which speaks mm-hmm. to your your case study that you gave a little, little earlier. Um, I do agree that you can get a home inspection accepted in some cases. Mm-hmm. Um, you can maybe have some terms that'll work that you wouldn't have been able to get work six, eight months ago. So that, that that's spot on for buyers. And what all this tells me for the folks that are like that are that are hesitant about selling right now, I think number one, you have to know where you're going. I mm-hmm. think that's the biggest challenge for any seller that's out there. Where are we going to go? If you've got a second home you can move to, or you've got a place you can go that you don't have to go and find on the marketplace, or you're okay with a, a rental mm-hmm. to figure out where you want to be, or you have a family member you can move in with, what I'm clear on is that waiting is going to cost you money. Mm-hmm. It's also going to cost buyers money to wait with what's projected with interest rates right now. So it's a really unique time in the market where waiting will cost folks money mm-hmm. with projected payments going higher. Or as we're seeing here, the numbers are down from June up up through August in terms of the, the peak pricing. And if rates go up and affordability decreases, it's going to cost people more to buy your home at the same price. So right. I, I think it's a gamble right now for people to think the financial market's going to cooperate. Eventually, right. it may go in the other direction, but until the Fed kind of eases up on this, we're hiking rates, we're going to kill inflation, mm-hmm. it, it's a dangerous time to be trying to wait out the market. Right. And you said this a couple weeks ago, waiting out and timing the market rarely, if right. ever, works. Right, right. I mean, absolutely. It's the I feel like for the people that it ends up working for, they weren't they weren't trying to time it. They just got lucky. You know, mm-hmm. like you really can't you can't time it. Well, yeah. and what, what happens is you're, you're, you're relying on external things you can't control. Right. And I've never seen I mean, the people that should be timing the market are like Warren Buffett. Like he studies the market every day. The average mm-hmm. consumer isn't going to know what's happening. And it's just it, it's it's a dangerous game to play. So I'd look at. If you have a place to go, think about accelerating your your selling timetable now. And for buyers, if you're getting like 70% of the home you want, I wouldn't wait anymore because we've seen people that have waited and it's cost them literally hundreds of dollars on, on their on their mortgage payments. Mm-hmm. And now they're, they're spending more and they probably would have settled for one of those homes had they known the payment would have been less. Right. Have right. you had anyone that's regretted that or I mean? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Tell us more. Um. So... Yeah, I have I have people who absolutely have been, you know, in the home search for for quite a while, saw what their money would get them at different, you know, as the rates ticked up, you know, you got to like four and a quarter and it was like, oh, no, like I, I better, mm-hmm. you know, wait for things to turn around. And then now we're up to like what, like close to seven. So, yep. um, yeah. And now you're having to look at either different price points or um you know, figure out how to make things work within your budget. So, and it's always easy looking back and being like, oh, well, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. you know, but, um, See, given- I, I disagree with that though. How many times were you telling this to people and they didn't listen oh, to right, you? Oh, right, right, right. But until it actually happens, it's oh, fair. like- That's fair, yeah. You know, so, um, you know, but everything that we're able to go off of and all the advice that we're able to give that's coming down from, you know- higher sources than us and and whatnot is saying rates are going to continue to go up. So figure out how that's going to factor into your budget and figure out your motivation. And I, what, what I'll leave with here, and I think it's a great spot to wrap up, is that 
I found that when clients don't listen to us, and and I'm, I'm talking about a realtor that knows what they're doing, because Lord knows there are a lot of people that have <laughs> no idea what's going on in the market. Yep. But when they don't listen, it's like when you don't listen to your attorney, what happens? You get in trouble, right? right? You don't listen to your accountant, the IRS comes knocking at your door. Right. And when people don't listen to their real estate agent, if they are qualified, they know what they're doing, you know, pe- salespeople get a bad name for a reason. It's because of their approach. And right. I, I would argue that a lot of agents need to work on their approach and their skill set and how they're talking to people. All that in mind, when I see folks say, we're going to do it this way, we're not going to listen to you, it usually doesn't work out for them. Right. And that's always the challenge. And, and that's why I listen to my doctor. Mm-hmm. I listen to my accountant. I listen to my attorney. Listen to my wife most of the time. Right. I mean, but it's <laughs> when you listen to people that are experts, you get good advice. And, that's, and I think the miss here is a lot of people don't interview agents. Right. right? It, it, the stat out there is 70 plus percent of consumers just go with the first person they meet with. And a lot of times these people are going to be out of business in a couple of years. Right. So to me, it's ask those questions and really interview your agent about what's going on in the market. And if you mm-hmm. don't like the answer, talk to somebody else. Right. Google best agents in your area and you'd be amazed what comes up. Sure. Absolutely. All right. So that's what's going on. 44% of people ready to buy a home in the next 12 months. And we're seeing prices come down slightly from their peak, according to Housing Wire. We're going to take a quick break. We've got Dave Turner here. He's going to talk in the third segment about his charity, David's Drive, doing some awesome work. And we're going to come back and talk about our friend Jimmy Burgess and comforts that can kill your business. I love this article. We're going to go in next. This is Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB 860 AM. Buying a home or already own one? We can help. I am Kevin Hamill from Alliances Insurance Agency. If you haven't reviewed your policies in the last three years, now's the time. New home buyers, there are a number of ways that we can help you get to that settlement table. Call us to find out more at 610-816-0043, extension 3, or visit our website, alliancesinsurance.com. Don't forget the S, it's for savings. Have you considered a career in real estate? Do you want control over your income? Whether you have a license or not, call us today at 610-692-6976 or visit TomTool.com. Join our team, the Tom Tool Sales Group at REMAX Mainline. I'm Tom Tool of the Tom Tool Sales Group at REMAX Mainline. If you're thinking of becoming a real estate agent in the greater Philly area, I have a special offer for you. Our team did $165 million of volume in 2021, making us the number one REMAX team in Pennsylvania and a top 1% team nationally. Our agents love us because we offer them a successful career, a great life, and an unbeatable culture. Agents who've been with us for at least a year average 30-plus sales. Even our brand-new agents average 17 to 24 sales a year. We offer proven systems and expert training. We help you set more appointments and sell more houses. Now here's the offer. If you don't have a real estate license yet, we offer real estate scholarships so you can get one for free. Check it out at realestatescholarshipprogram.com or visit the Tom Tool Sales Group at Remax Mainline at tomtool.com. That's tomtoolwithane.com. Get more out of your real estate career and remember the real estate golden rule. You always get more when you work with Tom Tool. For the best local mortgage service and great rates on your money, look no further than Mortgage America. We've been operating in the greater Philadelphia area for 40 years with a focus on smooth, easy access to home purchasing. Whether you're a first-time buyer, upsizing or downsizing, or just refinancing, we have programs for you. We also have closing cost assistance programs and access to subsidized interest rates. 
rates. Pre-approval is free, no costs or commitments. To learn more, visit our website at mymortgageamerica.com or give us a call at 610-439-8000. We always have a person available to take your call with around-the-clock human service. Purchase your home with the personalized, local service you find at Mortgage America. Mortgage America is an equal housing lender. NMLS 128501. Welcome back to Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB, 860 AM. I'm Tom Tool. She's Sarah Timon. We've got Dave Turner here from David's Drive-In Awesome Charity out in Coatesville, Pennsylvania. We've got Gabe behind the camera every week. And again, Sarah, Gabe, and I all work at the Tom Tool Sales Group at REMAX Mainline, the number one REMAX team in Pennsylvania since 2018. And we're streaming live every week on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram. Just look up Tom Tool Sales Group. So, Sarah, our friend Jimmy Burgess. Yep. I feel like we talk about him like every like two or three months here on the show. Smart guy, uh, CEO of uh, Berkshire Hathaway down in Florida, and also regular Inman contributor. This is one of the best articles I think he's put together. Very smart dude um, and really understands what agents should and shouldn't be doing. And he starts this off with that comfort can be a killer if you're not careful. Mm-hmm. That really grabbed my attention. I don't know about you. I'm, this yeah. is how I think. And um, he talks about you're either ascending or descending, you're growing or you're dying, which was another big message coming out of the Tom Ferry Summit. And comfort can often lead to complacency, and complacency leads to a declining business. So he had these comfort killers is what the, what he calls them. And then we're going to unpack a little bit about the uh, method event this past weekend with Tom Ferry and Lisa Chinati and Jason Posnick up in Boston, Massachusetts. For our team and a couple other teams from uh, the one team from Connecticut and Chinati Realty up in Chelmsford, Mass. But first, let's talk about Jimmy's comfort killers. And this is for all the realtors that are out there. So I'm going to toss these up to you, Sarah, and just tell me what you think. Because obviously my perspective is a little different than yours, and I, I really want to hear where you're at with this. So the mm-hmm. first one is the comfort of a good market. What comes to mind when you hear that? Yeah, so I think just like deals coming to you. Okay, um, love which- that would which can certainly um you know be like it's it's great if if things are kind of coming your way but you need to realize that that's not always going to be the case um and don't expect that to be where a majority of your your business comes from um because that won't always be the situation so I, i i could not agree more um that like stuff comes to you you're not having to do a lot of hunting right and and that can be a challenge for i think anyone in sales and anyone in business when I heard this, and, and Jimmy explains it, we'll give you his take here as well. Uh, what I'm clear on is strong markets can create a lot of weaknesses, mm-hmm. right? And where it, it's a difficult market tends to make you look really bad. A really good market can make you look really great. You know, mm-hmm. it's like when you have a great team around you and you're on like a, you know, you're a bad quarterback, right? Or, sure. or, or someone like that. So, you know, we're on the backside of a couple years where we saw literally the hottest real estate market of the past 21 years and possibly ever. And because of that, a lot of people cut corners. They didn't, and and there's, there's no, you had to. There was, no, there was no option. You were moving so fast. It was like, we have to get this done in a certain amount of time. There's no time to do anything else. Mm-hmm. And it, in my view, it kind of blinded agents to the fact that there's some basics that need to happen in your business every day. And if you're not doing those things, if you're not negotiating, like negotiating a sale, when's the last time you had to negotiate a sale before the past like two, three months? Yeah, I mean, before before recently, um, I would say, I, 
maybe 30% of the time I was I was ne- doing negotiations. So, so you're for, in sales and you're yeah. negotiating only 30% of the time. Although what I will say about for this like comfort of the good market, um, when you were competing against that many other people, you did still have to do a lot of things right in order to get your offer accepted. Like people may have come to you um, and been willing to move forward and um, try and make uh, and get deals done. But given the com- amount of competition that you had, you did still have to to know how to pull that together to, to get your offer accepted. I, I, I agree there. Um, I, I think it was a different skill set, right? Yeah. And that skill set, I don't know if it's going to be useful again. for like When you get in the multiple offer situation, it's good. Uh, but there's things like negotiating sales or making sure you're following up with people that are mm-hmm. six to 12 months out because those people, you didn't even have time for them the past right. couple of years. It was either the front burner or no burner. There, right. there was no in between. So um, I, I do agree there is a skill set there. And at the same time, like with like a listing, right? mm-hmm. I, I think of the listing agents out there, having to tell your people that you're going to call them once a week and actually call them, you would have to do anything because the house would sell so quick. Right. Um, having to make price adjustments. That's mm-hmm. a skill that's going away. Having to help get people down the path and work with them for a few months and not just we lost out on the home again. It's right. servicing a listing and, and, and figuring that out. So I do agree that a, a good market can make you look better than you are. Mm-hmm. I mean, because there's some homes that sold and it's like, I, I just, I'm shocked at some of these homes that have sold. Sure. You've probably been in a couple. You're like, they're, they're getting what for this property? Right, right. So I do agree with that. Um, and I think it's, it's, you know, part of that is sticking with the disciplines. Mm-hmm. So that's comfort number one. Um, so it sounds like we agree with him on that to a certain extent. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The comfort of past success. So I'll give you the intro here, Sarah, and then tell me what you think. The comfort of past success can lead to an ego that tells you success and continuous business growth will automatically happen. What do you think? Yeah. I mean, I think that if you kind of let that get into your mentality, you are setting yourself up for for failure down the line. Um, you have to you have to do all of the things to to get your future deals done. It's not just what you currently have going on or under contract right now. Um Although, you know, given the timeframes for when things may settle, what all you have under contract does give you an indication of, you know, what you've mm-hmm. been putting into things. But just because you were successful in the past does not mean that you will be successful in the future. I, I, I agree with that. And, I, I you know, I, I used to uh, say to myself, like, you're only as good as your last pending sale. Like, who mm-hmm. cares what you sold earlier in the year? Every right. day you start at zero. Um, now, there are a lot of folks and and, and that – you know, they, they have a good year and then you see them like really take their foot off the gas yeah. and it's harder to generate moment, momentum than it is to st- continue momentum. And right. I think that's where you got to be really careful. And especially when you come out of like things that happen in life or you go on a vacation or something else, but the people that intentionally just back off, yeah. it's really hard to get going again. So I, I'm clear that, you know, the folks that had a great past couple of years, it might be time to recommit to some of the basics in their business, because if they don't do that, they could be left out in the cold now that consumers are doing things a little little more slowly here. Right. And especially with the fourth quarter coming up, too. I mean, think about how many people just mail it in once, like, Thanksgiving hits or, like, Halloween. I mean, yeah. there's some people already Although talking about next year. Right. I mean, it is kind of funny when you think about, um, you know, at so many different points throughout the year, it would be easy to be like, well, I'm going to mail it in for this chunk of time. You know, in the summer, I want to go on vacation. I want to do this. In the winter, it's slow. And, like, if you're only going to go, like, you're really limiting yourself when you pick times to to lay off. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think that there's a lot of 
potential to get a lot of deals done between now and the end of the year. I mean, I can't believe it's already October. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I I don't think you'd want to lay off right now. <laughs> well, and, and you you've had a history of having big fourth quarters. I mean, I I think back to 2020 when you had a lot of people like losing on all. I think you put like six homes under contract between Thanksgiving and Christmas, mm-hmm. and it was like five of them had lost out on. Yeah. Offers with other people. And I know you got a pretty big goal for the fourth quarter this year. So what about the fourth quarter gets you amped up? Because it looks like you're doing the exact opposite of what the majority of realtors have done throughout history. Because I've seen it. Yeah. I mean, I think a little bit of it is also if you set goals for yourself for the year and you're approaching that fourth quarter and you don't have them yet, there's no other quarter to push that back to <laughs> to get it done. You're kind of, you know, it's it's now or never. Um, so I think that is usually um, a good a good motivation. Plus, if you've been working, you know, if you've been working with people where their goal has always been like, I want to get under contract, like people put those deadlines on themselves too. So like you want to help them meet their goals um, and just end the year strong. You know, it's well, there's a lot good, of momentum. I mean, right. it goes back to the momentum conversation. Right. And then that pushes you into a good beginning of the of the next year because it is it's hard when you I mean, I know after I was on maternity leave for a bit. And I was kind of hard for anybody, by the way, like, let's call it what it is. Like, that's a whole like a lifestyle change. First kid, very different. And I mean, I was managing the things that I needed to be managing while I was like, you know, right off, like, you know, on on maternity leave and then coming back and having to like it is it's a lot more work to re get going, you know. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, so it's it's best to just kind of like keep chugging. <laughs> well, and, and and I think that's that's the challenge for a lot of people and what they have that oh, I've had a great year. I'm going to chill out a little bit in December. Next thing you know, it's like January 15th and mm-hmm. it, it's or when someone goes on vacation, a one week vacation turns into a three week vacation because right. they start taking off a couple days before and then yep. all of a sudden you're like off for a month and it's it, I think people really got to be careful about that. Well, and like I mean, days and weeks fly by. Like it's it's wild how like you just it goes like that. So mm-hmm. You know, if you're not, like, staying focused on, like, each day, it's easy for it to just fly on by. <laughs> I'm with you. All right. So I think part of that is, I mean, again, the comfort of past success. It's almost like every day you start at zero, and that's usually a good mantra there. Right. The third one is the comfort of a large database, or I would also call this the comfort of a lot of leads. Mm-hmm. And what he says there, it's not the size of your uh, database or the amount of people you have in your pipeline, uh, but rather the depth of your relationships that determine your future success and there are a lot of agents out there that tend to just collect leads instead of work them and convert them. So what right. do you think about that? Yeah, I would agree with that. Like, and I don't like the feeling of having just a ton of leads, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like I, I want to get people, I want to move them through and I like seeing it, it work through the process there and then you get them under contract and then you get it to settlement. And then like, yes, there's still your lead that you're like following in and like checking in on. But like, I don't like having, you know, just a ton of people that I'm like, When's the last time I even spoke to this person? Mm-hmm. Who was that again? Did we ever go out to a showing? Like, I like it when I've got, um, you know, a nice chunk of people that I've been regularly talking to, know what's going on with them, know what their timeline is. And I would take that any day over a just a ton of people that I have no idea what's going on with or won't get back to you. Statistically, it's documented that the ideal amount of it leads for an agent to be working at one time, you're going to be shocked by this number. What do you think it is? The ideal number? Like leads that are not under contract that you're working to put under contract that have some sort of heat to them. Is this, does it matter if it's buy or sell? No, just, just number of leads. Nine. Nine? All right. So you're you're actually, that's a better guess than most. Most people are like 300. It, yeah. it, the number's 30. 
30 is the ideal number. But, like, people you're talking to, maybe they're not ready, but they got some intent or whatever else. 30 is, like, the ideal number of leads to manage because past that, it's hard keeping track of them all. Now, moving, that makes sense. Now, but moving them into, li- like, that hot status is a whole other thing. But right. 30's, 30's the number. Right. Like, if you were having 30 that you were actively out taking to regular showings, you'd be going crazy, well, and, I think. And but I, for, I agree with but that. But for 30 people that you're, like, actively, like, in your pipeline knowing that, you know, they're an- – especially, like – and I feel like a big factor there is, like, are they answering your calls? Are they at that point where they care enough that they're going to pick up your call? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yep. Um, I think that's, like, a good indicator. Yeah, and so, I mean, we had this – I was on a, a coaching session yesterday with someone on our team, and then uh, – so we called Stacy because Stacy was at this method panel last week, and I think mm-hmm. she's written like 100 offers or something this year. Her number of active people she's working with is 15 to 20 at any given time. Yeah. So that's in line with that th- – but there's probably 10 she's nurturing trying to get hot and then mm-hmm. g- go from there. So, I mean, you're, you're right on with your number, and everyone's capacity is going to be different. So, yeah. you know, the thing I'll tell agents is the leads are never bad, and it's never the amount of leads. It's it's always like less leads are usually a bet. Like there's going to be a sweet spot for everybody. So this sure. is another really great thing here from Jimmy that I, I, I appreciate. Um, this next one, the comfort of one lead source. So the business is in a constant state of change. If you're building your business through one lead source, then your business is at risk. Not if, but when the lead source dries up or becomes less effective. What do you think about that, Sarah? Yeah, I mean, I think that you need to have multiple different ways that you're going about generating generating business. And if you if you stick to one, and then suddenly things shift and that and that dries up what do you do? You mm-hmm. know, like you can have ones that work better for you than others. And obviously you're going to want to lean into what is working. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't want to just like do extra things just for the the sake of doing it, but have, have at least, I would say four different mm-hmm. areas that you're pooling things from. Yeah. And, and I mean, I'm a big believer in getting really good at three and then having like a couple more on top of that, that'll provide you some ancillary business. But think about like, Facebook ads, like you used to be able to target people if they were likely to move. That's gone. That's illegal now, apparently. Um, Craigslist posts were very popular back in 2014. Short sale leads back in like 2017 or 2007, 2008. All that stuff's gone. It, mm-hmm. REO, like that's done. Like people yeah. think it's going to come back and it's not. And when you don't, I mean, you think of a table, right? A one-legged table, like you can knock that thing over with like a gust of wind. Right. But a three or four-legged table is obviously much more stable. So that one's pretty self-explanatory. Mm-hmm. All right, the last comfort, and then I'll give you my big takeaway from Tom Ferry speaking at the Method event, the comfort of more money than you've ever had. This one's pretty interesting uh, because the past few years have been incredible uh, for people in real estate that are having record number of sales, even though there's been a lot that are still failing, and you might have more money in the bank than you've ever had before, and having cash on hand is good. Um, but I, I mean, I look at that as almost like the past success one. I think it's kind of the same yeah, thing. Yeah, I would put that with past with past success. And I, I, you know, I don't get comfortable when like there's money sitting in the bank. I think it's more of like what's coming in because like things can right. go wrong and it depends where you're putting it and, and all that other stuff. So this one I was, this was my least favorite of the five. Right. I mean, I, I can see where he's coming from where I guess like the mindset is like, oh, if you look in your bank account and you see that there's money in there, like why go to work today? But like, that's, you know, not the, I don't, I don't know many people that that would actually be their mentality, you know? Um, now certainly you might be a bit more motivated if you look in and you're like, oh boy, (laughs) Yeah, there's no money there. Yeah, There's no money. Like, oh boy. But, um, I better get back on the phone. Um, but yeah, I would, I would lump that into past success. I'm with you there. So the last thing here, and I think this is, this kind of is, is the flip side of, so we got these comfort killers. We'll call it four. Um, 
So we had this method event up in Chelmsford, Massachusetts, right outside Boston this week. It was for the one team from Connecticut with my buddy Byron Lazine, Lisa Chinati, and Chinati Realty, and our team. I think we had 20 salespeople there, which was phenomenal. And the biggest takeaway I found um, is that there's a couple things every agent's going to want to be focusing on, and it's how does your brand look to attract sphere business? What are you doing to get listings? And how are you leveraging the resources around you? So you weren't at the event. So you hear that. Tell me what your initial reaction is here, because the, all this stuff kind of goes in the same fold that agents need to really adjust their their daily, weekly, monthly behaviors. Yeah. OK, so wait, the first one was how does your brand look? Um, your brand in relation to attracting business from the people, you know. Yeah. I mean, it's it's funny because I've seen, um, you know, I'm on a mastermind call with mm-hmm. a couple of the people that yep. were up there. And I've noticed um, several of them had made commitments, you know, months and months ago to kind of like up their social media and like up like reaching out to their sphere. And they've made some changes in like the type of content that they're putting up. And it's Mm -hmm. it's impressive. And like and I know what they're doing and like as they're doing it. And I'm like, man, that looks really good. You know, so I think that that is important to make sure that the people that are, are looking at your stuff can easily tell like oh, they're, they're actively working. They know what they're doing. That's a professional, mm-hmm. you know? I would argue that people need to know you're a realtor. And yeah. I think that there, there's too many secret agents out there. And, you know, there's so many things we, you know, we can do as a team or we can leverage that way, which I think is really helpful for some folks that aren't good at that because not everyone's good at marketing. Mm-hmm. A salesperson should be good at sales. Like, forget right. the rest. And right. um, it, it, But if people don't know how to get in touch with you, right. that you're a realtor and that you're a good realtor, I think that's, like, that. that's a number one. So right. I think that kind of varies. But, sure. Um, so you're seeing people do this. So what, like, what are they doing? Like what, what's some of the things you've seen them, seen them, uh, participate in or, or promote or, or put up in terms of content? I think like some of them are like little basic things for like, all right, it's October. What, like, it's not even necessarily, um, let me sell your house, but just kind of I offering. Hope not. That would be a horrible post. Right. So. Right. But just kind of putting out there, like not even geared towards somebody that would necessarily be looking to buy or sell, but hey, it's October. This is a checklist of like things that you should do to maintain your house this month. Mm-hmm. Just kind of putting out like good information. And then like, yes, it, like at the end, it might say like, hey, if you're looking to buy or sell, contact me. But just putting out information that isn't quite so thirsty, you know, <laughs> I'm like, it's a good word to put it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I've, I've just noted. And like, I think that some of them you can kind of have like pre set up, like, because I know I'm not, um, the best <laughs> with figuring out some of those things. So I think that you can kind of like outsource that a little bit and, you know, you're still like you're managing it, but you're not having to necessarily like come up with, with all of the pieces and, and make sure that, you know, you're doing that solely on your own. Some things are kind of like pre-constructed for you. And I would argue that's part of the leverage conversation as well, because if you're on a team like we are, I mean, we do these things where it's like, Hey, you want to sit down and film some videos, just show up and do it. Mm-hmm. And then We'll post it for you, and you've got, like, you just got to invite the team. That Like, it works yeah. really well. So for someone like you, um, I mean, even even what we're doing here, like leveraging, like, the content we get from the radio show and just sure. putting that out. So I think that's part of the leverage conversation. But the point is people want someone that's competent and is a known realtor, and if you're not doing that, mm-hmm. that's how, like, your friend buys a house and you don't know about it. Right. You know what I mean? So I think that that's number one. Listing attraction, I could not agree more with Tom on this that – if you're not doing something to bring in listings, which I know you've been doing every Friday, you're starting to see some really great success from it. If you're not doing that and you're just relying on I'm going to do buyer business all the time, you're going to get burnt out. Like right. that's just the, the so you've been door knocking. How's that been going? It's been going good. It's a um, you know, it is 
it's a process, but like anything is, you know, mm-hmm. and I think with a lot like with listings, um, you know, occasionally you'll get somebody that is like, you know, I'm I need to list right now. And I, you know, this is the situation or I'm I'm buying. So I need to sell to buy. But if you're kind of reaching out and approaching people, a lot of time it's a longer term nurture. Um, and then it's all about keeping in touch and like and all of that. So I'm I am starting to see some success there, which is is very exciting. Yeah. Well, so you've taken two listings. One was from the first day about six months ago that you went uh, you, you did this. And the second was about a three month incubator is, is mm-hmm. kind of what we looked at. And it's about, you know, but it's not like you knocked them once and that was it. There was a lot of follow up in between. Right. And, you know, again, that's 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 leverage because now, you know, someone that's moving and, and you're able to follow up with them. So, you know, what I see here is letting people know you're an agent actively pursuing listings, which I mean, this is basic stuff here. And then leverage is what can you subtract from your daily schedule? That's what I look at. Because like, there's probably things we're all doing that are like getting in the way. Oh, right. Yeah. So when you think of leverage, what comes to mind for you? Wait, you mean like time wasters? Yeah, whatever, whatever, whatever it means. I recently downloaded this game on my phone, and it has been so. That's probably such something you just delete. A time suck. Can we, can we <laughs> delete it now for you? I think that probably help. Yeah, I'm, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, but so I, I, but I would also say there's probably things you're doing in your business that you don't necessarily have to do either. Like where you could delegate them. Like you're, maybe there's something like the title company could do for you, right. or the other agent could do. Yeah. Or I mean, I think I used to feel like early on, I felt like. I was being like a pain by going to some of like the sources where like that actually is what they should mm-hmm. be doing. But being like, hey, can you like do this for me? And like in my head, I'm thinking like, well, they're probably gonna be like, well, do it yourself, you know. But like I have started doing that more and nobody said that to me once. So it's great. Um, and then you don't like, yeah, there's a lot of little things in there that could be huge time sucks that you can you can kind of, you know, outsource. Well, um, and then you can spend your time on the income producing activities. That's the game, right? Right. Absolutely. All right, so we unpacked Jimmy Burgess. We'll give him four out of five on those comfort killers. Two of them were kind of the same. Method takeaways, what'd you think about that? Is that helpful? Like, did you get a little bit out of that, even though you weren't at the event? With my, yeah. my one quick point there? Yeah, no, and I think everybody that came back from it was um, pretty, like, amped up and feeling motivated. Well, that, that's the idea of those things, right? Yeah. You want to make sure, and then, then going and taking action and following through on it. So that's our agent Here's what you should be avoiding in your business or maybe doing a little more of. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. we got Dave Turner here from David's Drive. Awesome, awesome charity. You can visit him at dd831.org. That's the David's Drive website. We'll come back. We'll talk about their charity and what they're doing and helping veterans and people in need. This is Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB 860 AM. You shouldn't have to deal with all the red tape when getting your mortgage from a big or online bank. At Mortgage America, we have access to big bank money, but with the personalized and detailed service of a local bank. We are here in your community and ready to serve with fast settlements, low down payment options, and first-time homebuyer programs. Pre-approval is free, no costs or commitments. For more information, visit our website at mymortgageamerica.com or give us a call at 610-439-8000. Buying a home or already own one? We can help. I am Kevin Hamill from Alliances Insurance Agency. If you haven't reviewed your policies in the last three years, now's the time. New home buyers, there are a number of ways that we can help you get to that settlement table. Call us to find out more at 610-816-0043, extension 3, or visit our website, alliancesinsurance.com. Don't forget the S, it's for savings. The Tom Tool Sales Group is the number one REMAX team in Pennsylvania with over $165 million in volume for 2021. 
I'm Tom Tool, and our team has achieved that kind of success by being a great place to work with and to work for. No one knows greater Philly better than we do. We know real estate, but more importantly, we're real people. We hire the best agents, and we give them all the tools to succeed. Even our brand new agents sell 17 to 24 homes a year because our team delivers the best experience in real estate. Teams deliver a better experience than individuals, and we're a top 1% real estate team in the country. We call it AAA service. We're your advocate, ally, and advisor. Because this isn't a transaction to us. It's a relationship. If you're buying or selling a home, call the Tom Tool Sales Group at REMAX Main Line at 610-692-6976 or visit TomTool.com. That's TomToolWithAnE.com. Sell your home for more and remember the real estate golden rule. You always get more when you work with Tom Tool. Have you considered a career in real estate? Do you want control over your income? Whether you have a license or not, call us today at 610-692-6976 or visit TomTool.com. Join our team, the Tom Tool Sales Group at REMAX Mainline. All right, all right. We are back on Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB, 860 AM. I'm Tom Tool. She's Sarah Time, and we've got Gabe behind the camera, and we all work at the Tom Tool Sales Group, the number one REMAX team in Pennsylvania since 2018. And we're live every week on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram streaming the show. Just Google Tom Tool Sales Group. So we've got Dave Turner here from david's drive you can visit their website it's dd831.org the you guys help a lot of veterans folks in need dave first off thanks for coming on uh tell us a little bit about the charity and how you how you kind of got started with it and then we'll, we'll we'll go from there sure uh first of all tom thank you very much for having us uh, for sure this is uh exposure is a difficult thing to get when you're when you're not willing to pay for it <laughs> uh, so we appreciate it and uh um thank you so uh, no problem. So so David's Drive uh, is a charity that helps veterans and people in need in the community. Um, it, it's created be uh, after my son David Jr., who worked at the Coatesville VA, uh, realized that some of the veterans he was dealing with didn't have the essentials that mm -hmm. he thought they should. So uh, so David had this this wish and this vision of helping veterans, um, and it started out with underwear, socks, and T-shirts because he saw that that was the greatest need. Yep. Mm -hmm. um, so when uh, – so so David never had the opportunity to help because he passed away in December of 2009. Um, so uh, actually that day sort of ties in with what you're talking about today. Uh, David heard from his realtor that morning that – the short sale that uh, he put a bid in on was accepted. Uh, so he became a homeowner uh, on December 16th, 2009, which is the same day that he passed away. Oh, geez. Oh, um, so it was uh, a really good day for him, but uh, one of the worst for, for everybody else. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's obviously you know very sad, and I think what you guys are doing to honor his memory here is is, is, is pretty phenomenal. So... We've done charity work with you before at our um, like one of our, our client events that we've yes. had. Um, I know our, our marketing uh, manager uh, Valerie Bernard uh, has has a really close connection to your family. So we love Val. Uh, well, I mean, you know, she's a big supporter here, and I think that that's what these sort of charities are all about. So, 
you guys are helping veterans. Um, I know you have an event coming up in December. So wait, what what's the best way for people to get involved with the charity? Like, I mean, is it donations? Is it? I mean, talk about the event you have coming up because I think this is something that you know, veterans in our country don't don't necessarily get the best like post service lifestyle from the government. And the, what you're talking about is not unusual. Where they they you know people struggle a little bit when they come back and reacclimate to civilian life. Right. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think uh, coming back to and, and try and transition to civilian life, I, I'm not even sure it's possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's always a little piece of you that, that doesn't, isn't able to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so basically what we do um, is with, with some of the programs we support in uh, the Chester County and southeastern Pennsylvania area, um, we support various programs. Um, we honor v- veterans by sponsoring parades, sporting events, uh, festivals, stuff like that, just to get them outside doing something, mm-hmm. s- something that they're they're interested in doing. We work closely with the HUD-VESH uh, program at the VA, um, and that's for f- supportive housing, I'm sure you know. Mm-hmm. Um so to date, in 12 years, we've done 658 beds for previously homeless veterans. Um, Phenomenal. So basically wow. getting close to 700 veterans off the, off the streets and into independent living in the community, okay. which is really cool for them. Um, then we try to entice them with different things to get them out to become part of the community. Okay. Um, Part of that is um, just like we we do Christmas presents mm-hmm. uh, every year. We do Christmas presents. We've we're over ten thousand uh, gifts that we've done uh, and we've wrapped. It's it's something that was very close to my son, and it's something that we just envision a veteran that doesn't even know it's Christmas. Mm-hmm. Uh, you put a gift in their lap and they open it and the the joy in their eyes is 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 priceless uh it's a really cool thing beautiful so so talk a little bit about the event you guys have coming up because i mean i i I volunteered at the va hospital when i was in college i mean i know some people that work there and they're like full-time nurses there and it's it's a very different hospital experience than a lot of people get so what are you doing to help support these uh, guys and, and, and women uh, when, when, the, uh, when, when the holidays roll around here? I know you have an event coming up that you wanted to share about as well. We do. We have, uh, we, typically, we have a wrapping event every single year uh, in, in December. Uh, COVID sort of threw a, a monkey wrench into that last couple, but we, uh, we do things behind the scenes a little bit more now. Mm-hmm. Uh, it used to be a big community event where we wrapped uh, 1,000 gifts containing 17 items roughly um, and um, we would wrap them distribute them to hospitalized homeless veterans some of the outplaced patient clinics in the area um, and it just gives them something to open sure. so so this year what we're doing um, I, I think we're going to change it up a little because um, the facilities that we used before are not available, but we're going to uh, get these gifts um, and and bag them and have them ready to go to these veterans. Um, you know, we're doing some some things that are suggested by the social workers. Mm-hmm. Um, 
fanny packs, if they even call it that anymore. That's what yeah. I knew them as. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, coffee mugs, um, and sometimes just treats and and games and cool things for them, just to just to be happy about. So are these items that you? Is there like a list somewhere that you post and then people donate them, or is it people donate money and then you guys go out and purchase the gifts? Typically, uh, the best donation for us is monetary because okay. then we can sort of uh, adjust the the sites on where we're going mm-hmm. with what the what the population is okay. and what the the biggest need is at that mm-hmm. time. Sure. Uh, through the pandemic, it was food insecurities, mm-hmm. uh, so we were putting two weeks of food in in bags and sending them out with social workers yep. to uh, home-based primary care, uh, stuff like that, where, you know, they can, they can, they have food because they couldn't get out of the house to right. go grocery shopping. Uh, they didn't have always people that were doing that for them. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a really cool spot for us to jump in there. Awesome. And I'm on, I'm, on, I'm on the website here. So it's DD, so David's Drive, DD831.org. And you can looks like you can donate right on the on the site, and you can do shopping through an Amazon Smile link, which I think is really important for a lot of people. Correct. Um, you're looking for gently worn men, gently worn men's clothing, and newly packaged underwear and T-shirts for men and women. So again, it's dd831.org. Dave, thanks for coming on. We're getting played out here, uh, but this is a great charity. We've done work with them before as an organization. It's a 501c3 public charity to support veterans locally, and these guys and gals certainly deserve it. So, again, dd831.org. Dave, thanks for coming on, man. That's it for Tool Time Real Estate Radio this week. You want to follow Sarah? She's on Instagram at ty underscore ty time. That's with a Y, T-Y underscore T-Y-T-I-M-E. You can follow me at Tom Tool third at Tom Tool 3 rd on Instagram, and we're streaming live every single week on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram. Just look up Tom Tool Sales Group. That's it for Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB 860 AM.